Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. Ladies, Bumble is in your corner. They remain dedicated and committed to supporting women, providing a safer space to build kind and meaningful connections. And the way they see it, every day is International Women's Day. So this year, to show their ongoing support, Bumble is investing in the next generation of women making moves for a better tomorrow. Make your move and join Bumble in supporting women. Visit bumble.com slash IWD. Come in and put on my headphones. Oh, we don't need them yet. <coughs> Must be love on the brain. Woo! Got me feeling this way. Let's go. Are we ready? Are we ready? Are we ready? Blue, cause it means so good and I can't get enough. <laughs> Hey y'all, I'm April. And I'm Caroline. And this is your bloody happy hour. Caroline, are you ready for this? This is your newest guilty pleasure. It's the bloodiest part of your week. Did we say something about it also being happy hour? Showed in. Because we about to be sipping on some murder. Bloody happy hour. Hey y'all, this is April. This is Rihanna. <laughs> just kidding, it's Caroline. I was just trying to be Rihanna for a second. And here we are. What is today? It's Thursday. And this is Bloody Happy Hour. Yep. And we're taking it in. I hope you're thirsty. I'm real thirsty. Oh, I hope you are guys you? are joining us. I am so dehydrated and thirsty. Wow. It- what are we going to do here? Are we going to drink and tell some true crime stories? It's what we do. Wow. If it's your first time, that's what we do. We drink. <laughs> we talk. <laughs> true crime. A <laughs> little bit of X-rated stuff every once in a while. We are fully cleansed today. We are going to be PG-13 today because y'all I mean, had a whole lot that. last <laughs> week. Y'all had a whole lot. We're, we're going to be disney PG-13. Disney's not any better. Disney's probably worse. We're going to do the Disney version. Yeah, well, that's good. Sam Smith. (laughs) Sam Smith version. Um, I was talking to my psychiatrist. (laughs) It's a good way to start. (laughs) No, but I told her I started doing a podcast, or that I was doing a podcast, and she's like, oh, what? What is it? And I was like, it's a true crime. And she was like, I love true crime. And I'm like, I ain't telling her what it's called. (laughs) She finds me. She'll find it. If you're listening. Hi. Hi. <laughs> My therapist knows. She also knows that that's probably why I'm really paranoid about things because what do we fill our head up with all the time? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, and now yeah. I don't trust anybody. Oh, I don't trust anybody, but I don't feel like I'm that par- paranoid. Oh. 
Let me tell you this story. <laughs> I'm under paranoid. Fast forward to this. You are 100% under paranoid. I needed a zip tie. Did I tell you this story? No. Do you know what a zip tie is? Yes. Okay. A zip tie is a zip tie. Okay. Yeah. I needed a zip tie for my... If you, this if is how old I am. they need a zip tie, I'd be like, who are you trying to murder? <laughs> Literally. My handle thing broke on my bird feeder, so I needed something to hang it up with. <laughs> so I was like, sweet pea, do you have a zip tie? I know, I'm 80. Do you have a zip tie? And he was like, yeah, right there in my lunchbox. He had a whole bag. So then I'm I'm like, is, is he a killer? Oh. There's no reason in the world. I was like, why do you have zip ties? I need three reasons why you need them in your lunchbox at arm's reach. First of all, why do you have a lunchbox? <laughs> Grown man. Second of all, why do you have zip ties full in your lunchbox? So I keep... see. He can't even have zip ties without me being paranoid. Well, so he, it's probably for the kid he's keeping in the basement. The woman. The woman. Yeah. Not the kid. Yeah. The woman he's keeping yeah. in the basement that's been in there for a couple of years. Yeah. Since as she was transferred from her old house to this house. I so. know. And you didn't even see her. <laughs> not even once. But that's how paranoid I am that I was like, why does he have zip ties? Well, why, why do you just have zip ties? I still don't know why they're work. in his lunchbox. He takes his lunch to work yeah, but, every day. Okay. And he says that he needs them for whatever reason because he drives trucks. Maybe they need them in big trucks. I don't know. He's a truck driver. I'm, question, I'm still questioning zip him. Zip ties. And I know box. he fits the profile, but he's black. At so least I'm not going to be. He doesn't shocked. really fit it. <laughs> if he was like white guy, sure he'd fit. Then it. yeah, he'd be number one too. Yeah, mm. that's kind of why I was just like, well, you know. I guess we'll find out sooner yeah. or later. Sorry for the tangent, but we are getting back on it. Caroline, where should they go if their husbands or wives are not very groomed downstairs? Oh, the only place that there is to go, which is Manscaped. And uh, just go to manscaped.com, and then you can get 20% off if you enter code BHH. I ran into a listener this weekend at Sausage Fest, speaking of Manscaped, and... <laughs> and... They ordered their husbands some for Black Friday, and everybody is enjoying it. You can't just say Sausage Fest and expect me to move (laughs) past it that quickly. (laughs) I mean, that's why I went over it really quickly. (laughs) I mean, come on. You know how I I work here. It's not going to happen. Is that just a festival with a bunch of sausage? Why did you invite me? I'm single. Not those kind of sausages. It's deer sausage. Friend of ours, I they like go deer. deer they go deer hunting all Maybe season, I need to put and they some do. In the freezer. Okay, I do eat sometimes. Yeah, we'll <laughs> see. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> slaying my food and throwing it on the floor and pretending <laughs> to eat it. <laughs> Moving her food around. On the I've been accused place. of that so many people. Must hmm. hmm, be true. <laughs> so yeah, what about the deer sausage? Nothing. Just listeners order their Manscaped and they love it. Yes, yes. Manscaped. Manscaped. That's what we're at. Yes. And they it, just and fired it us. it smells so good. <laughs> Manscaped is probably going to hire us again for three more months. <laughs> but it does smell so good. And you just go to manscaped.com. Promo code BHH. Free shipping. And 20% off. And 20% off. So do it. Do it. And then while you're doing that, you might as well get you some Sigmatic cacao. Mm-hmm. Or coffee. coffee. Mushrooms. Yeah. Coffee. Mushroom-shaped coffee. It is coffee fortified. Fortified. You get energy. You get mental clarity. Yeah. You grow a beard if you want. I don't know. I don't it's, think you do. And if you do, you just get manscaped and shave it off. 
Win-win. <laughs> it's a win-win. Win-win. So you go to go.forsigmatic.com slash happy hour, and you get 30% off. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. like a steal. There we go. There we go. Where are you taking us today? We're going to Australia, so jump on your kangaroo, bitches. Wait, Australia. Can we shout out Miss <gasps> Miss DC. or Mr. DC? Yes, y'all. You know how we're working on this dirty Chad story. Very we're really slowly but surely. <laughs> we're slowly working on it, but we are working on it. We had asked y'all to send us some ideas for like t-shirt designs or any kind of just we just needed ideas. Yeah. And let me tell you, we got some good ones. Yes. Front we got an email with like 10 different options and they are so freaking good. I know. They're we need so more dirty good. chads so that we can use all of these options. I think we can use them some for like our actual like bloody happy hour stuff. Like there's one that I want to I got I got ideas. Okay. But thank you so thank much, you, DC. DC, for sending us that email with those amazing um, images. Yeah, whatever you call them. And you guys will see them soon because there will Ugh, be a dirty so Chad. Good. Bloody Happy Hour presents Dirty Chad shirt and whole different graphic logo. It's going to look great. So stay tuned. Stay for tuned. Because you never know when it's going to be. And released. if you're brand new, Dirty Chad is Caroline's narcissist husband. She used to be um, married that- to. That's called the ex-husband. Ex-husband that she used to be married to. And she's going to tell that story. And crazy enough, DC had her own Dirty Chad. Yes. And if you've seen the, if you've heard of the show Dirty John or seen that, it's, it's not like it's, it's, it's like a similarity. But was he a killer? Dirty John? Uh Uh-huh. I don't know. I think, no, I think he just was abusive. Okay. Like, like physically abusive. Okay. Okay. I, I that I never had that, but you can still be well, we'll talk about it in this case today because you can still have be abused without being physically abused. Yes. Obviously. It's definitely traumatic. Coercive control mm. is where we're where oh, we're going today. Okay. Are these big words? Listen, since I got this new boss lady <laughs> She's making you read the dictionary. No, she will read she'll say words and I'm like, what does that mean? And you'll have to look it up. And so I started writing down on notepaper. On notepaper? <laughs> you know how I like to do. <laughs> so then I've started to use the words back. And I feel like my brain's growing. Use the words back. Okay. Yeah, like I'm like saying them back to her. Okay, got it. Yeah. Let's, let's so have you? Do you know who Hannah Clark is? Mm, yeah, she graduated from Conley in 2000. No, nope. this oh, one's Hannah sure. Clark from Australia. It's probably Hannah Clark A. I don't know. What's your Australian oh. accent? <laughs> I can you know. practice your Australian accent? No, I don't even. I don't even know how. Well, can you can you tell me one um, thing that you might think uh, a characteristic of her might be? <laughs> That's not racist. That would be stupid. No, if she's murdered. Oh, is she jolly? Is she giggly, bubbly? Yes, bubbly. Is she bubbly? If these, I I don't think these people are all bubbly. I think they just describe them as bubbly. So if I'm murdered, do not describe me as bubbly because they'd be like, "Well, she was asking for it." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Hannah Clark was bubbly. bright, bubbly, and full of empathy. Oh, don't have empathy either. No, have some. So she had. Beautiful, I mean, gorgeous. She's beautiful, family, her, she has, ugh, it's bad. So, 
they, she's living her best life. But then February 19th. So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you what happened and then we'll go back to it. Tell me the, uh, I'm going to tell you what happened. Yeah. And then we're going to come back and I'll ending. tell you. Yes. I'm going to okay. start with the ending. What's, what's the date again? <clears throat> uh, February 19th, 2020. Oh, hell. I know. So that was right before the big old shutdown and yeah. right before the big COVID blast. Um, Hannah was leaving her parents' house, taking her three kids to school when her ex-husband or estranged husband, Rowan Baxter, did the ultimate unthinkable act. Armed with a knife and a can full of gas, he ambushed Hannah and forced his, his way into the car. So Hannah and the three kids are in the car, oh, and okay. he forces his way into the car. He demands that Hannah drives and just is like, drive. And she's screaming, get out of the car, get out of the car. She's trying to protect the kids. So Rowan, husband Rowan, yeah. is demanding Hannah to drive, and she's screaming for him to get out of the car, trying to protect the kids. He's being violent, and she pulls up kind of like she's gone about – 200 yards, like not very far. Um, she pulls the car up almost like onto the curb of somebody random person's house. And there's a guy, a neighbor guy, who is washing his car. So she pulls up onto this curb. Neighbor guy's out there, and she's yelling to the neighbor guy to call the police. Okay. Call the police, call the police. All of a sudden, the car explodes. Did it, it Was it a Tesla that drove off a cliff? No, was no cliff. <laughs> and so the windows all the way across the street rattle. This is how big this explosion oh. is. Hannah and Rowan are consumed with flames. And the neighbors are like, the guy who's washing his car, he has the hose, so he's going over there trying to hose oh, the car down. I like it. And all they could see was this thick black cloud of smoke. Where are the kids? Aaliyah, a, I don't know if I'm saying the names right. Yeah, I like Aaliyah. Named after the singer. I don't know that one. Lenaya, Len, Lenaya. There you a, go. There's a, Aaliyah, Lenaya, and Trey. Okay. No. And they're not black. And they're white. <laughs> <laughs> they're real white Australian kangaroos. <laughs> Those are the three kids. They're strapped. Oh. They're strapped in the back seat of the car. How old are they? <clears throat> oh God, I erased it. Six, three, six. I think six, four, and three. Oh, why did I ask? So they're strapped in the back seat of the car, and they burn to death. Mm. But Hannah is covered in head to toe, like. Severe burns. Mm -hmm. She gets out of the car and she is able to talk to the emergency people and tell them detail after detail after detail. She, and I'll go into that, but she's able to tell them like the kids' names yeah. and like what happened <coughs> and like all these things. And then hours later, she dies at the hospital. Oh, it's like Jessica Chambers. Yes. Rowan was said to have this face of like this deadpan resign, like nothing on us, like just like 
could care less. Like neighbors, I guess, who saw him was described he dead, him as looking like that. He all the time or right now? Right now. Okay. They were. I guess they. I don't know. That's just how they described it. And then he got out of the car, grabbed his knife because he got oh. in the car with the knife, uh-huh. the knife, the gas can, and the the ga- yeah, the knife and the gas can. He gets out of the car, stabs himself with the knife. What? Which is what killed him. Hmm. So they do what's called an inquest. This is this is something they do to like investigate the death to see if something happened that like they didn't take into consideration that they could have prevented the death. Yeah. So they had this whole this is kind of like where all of this information is coming from is from this it's basically a hearing. Yeah. And they yeah, do yeah. like this But it's like you know you don't have it it's not like you're trying anybody because everybody's dead. Yeah. So they're doing it just I think basically to like because there's been a lot of stuff that they went to the op- police officer like she went to police before but they really didn't have anything oh. to get him on cuz he wasn't physically abusive. Okay. So they do this thing called this inquest and it's just so Hannah had separated from Baxter several months before all of this. And the nature of this murder, like I said, led to this outpouring and all of this grief ab- about like Australia and the domestic violence and how it's handled. Is that where Oscar Pistorius no, was? But he was South Africa. But they had a lot of issues with domestic violence as well. Yeah. Because yeah. this brought me back to there too. <clears throat> so basically, what they do is they take a look back, find out if there's any warning signs that were missed. Um, find out what Hannah did to contact any, like, did she have any support services that she contacted? Um, and what changes should be made to stop another accident like this happening? Mm, they're being reactive, but yes. trying to be proactive for, like, future. Yes. Okay, I yes. like it. So throughout the hearing, the court had pieced together all these things that were, like, hidden in plain sight, and they found which we'll go over, that this was an abusive, unhappy marriage and that Rowan was very manipulative, controlling, psychopathic, um, and his behaviors towards were, were towards Hannah and to the kids. Uh. And that the moments, the four, like, there was, there was really nothing that the authorities could have done to protect them because... Of there just was nothing no in place. Yeah. There was nothing in place. Oh, there was no protocol. Yeah. I bet he's beautiful too in this. Yeah. I mean, look at this. Oh, yeah. All Australian family. <laughs> like, not all American. They, but they were, all of, they're all gym Australian. owners and they own CrossFit gym. <sighs> so they're like this super fit, super cute, like gorgeous. They're beautiful. I mean, they're, yeah. They're just. Mm. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's get into it. Um, and Hannah was always super, like, she's athletic growing up. She's, like, from forever. Okay. So she, when she she ran, she swam, ran across country, did some DJing. She's school captain. She was a class president. Um, she always wanted to be able to protect herself. She was just a good person. Everybody she loved her. She probably was like, bubbly. That, she, she just described a bubbly person. 
Well, I guess, you know, I don't know what to tell you. She's don't be bubbly. And now a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. Ladies, Bumble is in your corner. They remain dedicated and committed to supporting women, providing a safer space to build kind and meaningful connections. And the way they see it, every day is International Women's Day. So this year, to show their ongoing support, Bumble is investing in the next generation of women making moves for a better tomorrow. Make your move and join Bumble in supporting women. Visit bumble.com slash IWD. Frozen, heroes, gonna tell you about Frozen, Frozen, heroes, gonna tell you about. Hey, I'm Zach. And I'm Mike. And we have a fantastic new podcast to tell you about. Bros, foes, and heroes. It's the two of us looking into the world of comics, breaking down some characters that you may have never heard of. And some that are just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, so Zach comes up with a character each time, and uh, I go into it just completely blind. I don't know who this person is or what their abilities are or anything, and and basically I guess we kind of go over their origin story and just some of the ridiculous stuff that maybe, especially Golden Age stuff. Oh, Golden Age stuff is always the best, and we will make sure to highlight all of the shenanigans and just absolute weirdness of everything that's right so subscribe today and uh, follow us on instagram at bros bows heroes and if you don't i know where you live not really but please subscribe (laughs) bros and bros and heroes gonna tell you about bros and bros and heroes gonna tell you about This is Sarah. And I'm Carter. And this is Some of Our Thoughts. We're two Southern sommeliers, and we want to share everything we love and know about wine. We started hanging out during quarantine and cooking and drinking and listening to music, and we just thought this would be a great way to bring everything we know to you guys. We will make wine knowledge and food pairings easy and approachable. So put on your favorite vinyl, grab your favorite glass of wine, tune into our show, and let's have some fun. Wine Wine and vinyl. vinyl. (laughs) So check us out on RogueMediaNetwork.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast. We'll be talking about a lot. She was a school, school captain, school so that's captain, like our which is class basically president. Like the class, okay, our class president. So, yeah, she was natural athlete. She spent a lot of time at the gym, which this is where she ended up meeting Rowan. Okay. Um. So Hannah Clark met New Zealand-born Rowan Baxter when she was nineteen. Rowan was a former rugby player for New, the New Zealand Warriors. Rugby. He probably mm. had, like, several concussions, and that's why yeah. he was so messed up. CTE. Yes. And that's a rough sport. Like, yeah, it's rough. That's real rough. got to have a lot of anger. Yeah, angry. That might be a red flag. 
Yeah. I think there's a bunch of those red flags. I'll read them to you later. Um, he had a previous marriage, and he had uh, one they had one child from that marriage. He had proposed to Hannah in 2011. They married in 2012. They had three children, Aaliyah, six, Lania, four, and Trey, three. So I was okay. right. Yeah. Six, four, and three. I mean, they knocked him out. Um, after the murders, it was reported that Hannah had allegedly been... Um, Emotionally, physically, sexually, and financially abused by Rowan during their marriage. Mm. So they met in 2008. They got married in 2012, separated in 2019, and they were murdered in 2020. She so they, were, they were together for a yeah. while. So that means she put up with a lot in that time. Red flags. Okay. Susan Clark, Hannah's mom. When she first met Rowan, she didn't like him. Okay. Mama's already always know. That sounds very, very, very familiar. Yeah. Um, Rowan um, was stocky. He had a muscular build. He was 11 years older than Hannah. That's Ooh. so she, so she was 19. Does that mean he was 30? Oh, 19 when she got married? No, when they met, she oh. was 19. So if he's 11 years older, if, I mean, I know my math ain't me mathing sometimes, but yeah. I'm pretty sure that means you're 30. Yeah, yeah. So that's quite a difference. Um. So whenever Hannah introduced Rowan to her parents, he was still living with his ex. Red flag. <laughs> Do you want to put some tick marks for red flags? <laughs> But he said that because it was just for his child. Oh, yeah. They had to co-parent yeah. in the same house. Yeah. So is that three red flags? Okay. Um, and, you know, in five seconds, um, they find out, later, they later on find out that Rowan had actually um, talked about killing his ex, his ex-partner. Um, and... He talked about killing the ex and the son in a murder-suicide. Now, this Damn. all most of this information is coming from what we got out of the the like the hearing thing. Okay. Um. Yeah, and he had told a friend this that he had actually driven past the ex's house with a rope, tape, and a knife. Wow. Oh, I don't. I guess the friend didn't want to talk about it. I don't know. So eventually Rowan wins the parents over and they're like, okay, we love him. Because they're so good at what yeah, they do. Yeah, he's lovely. He's so lovely. Um, but then once they started having kids, their relationship kind of seemed to get a little bit sour. Get a little bit sour. Um, so they ran cr a CrossFit gym in Integrate and CrossFit SMC in Mansfield. Maybe for you Australian listeners out there, you know about this gym. Mm. Tell us about it if you do. So Mama Sue, she said that she had helped and she invested money into the gym. So she kind of helped them like It's like a franchise that, the you, gym. that you buy into, right? Yeah. So she was kind of helping them get on their feet. And she said that something she said, um, it kind of felt like Rowan thought maybe he was owned by them because they financially backed the gym, the purchase of the gym. Does that make sense? And so either way, he treated his mother-in-law like shit after the first day. that he, like The first day he met them, that was fine, but then when they had started having kids, he started treating, them, treating the in-laws like crap. 
he because well, he needed them to finance yes. it. So then it he maybe he felt demasculated himself or that he yeah. felt like he didn't have yeah. the total control that he wanted because hmm, yeah. they're investors. So then they have this gym and mom starts going to the gym and other people obviously. Well, it other people are like he apparently he was like always rude to these people he would call his clients like you call them like fat and ugly (laughs) like i don't know that's not it's the best business practice i'm not really sure so he also told hannah's mom that she didn't need to be there and the mom was like uh i have pay for this gym i bet you bet i'm gonna be here he like one time he was spotting her like she's maybe doing whatever some exercise he's spotting her she ends up like falling over and like, like gets this big gash in her head, and he just laughs at her and doesn't do anything. Like, wow, it's like all these weird. I mean, there's red flags. So, from there, any time that Hannah like misbehaved in Rowan's eyes, um, Rowan would punish the mom, like Sue, Mama Sue. So if Hannah was rude to Owen or Owen Rowan, she w- he would say, "Oh, your mom can't watch the kids. Your mom can't do this. Hmm. She's not allowed to watch the. She's not allowed to see the kids. Stuff like that. Like like just anything to have any kind of control. Enough so that she would have to call her mom. She'd call her mom crying, ca- telling her to apologize to him about whatever he thought that she did wrong. So then." She Everything could, see could the be kids. okay. Yes. Uh uh-uh. uh. That's why he got somebody young too, so he can control her. So basically, at this point, uh, being around Rowan is walking on eggshells. Hmm. So throughout the marriage, Rowan would demand sex from Hannah every day. No. Every day. At times, choking her during sex. Which isn't anything that was like, it wasn't a kink. It wasn't welcome. This wasn't a kink. This wasn't a this talked about thing. Yeah, I <laughs> This is no LBGTQ baby CDIPK. So Hannah's friends said that she was also not allowed to wear shorts. Oh. And they couldn't go to the beach. What? Well, I guess because at the beach, you, you can <laughs> you can't wear shorts. You can give my mom a gash in the head. <laughs> you cannot take my beaches away from me. <laughs> no. <laughs> you can choke me during sex, but do not take my beaches away. So, uh, she also couldn't wear the color pink. <laughs> Does that mean on Fridays? Like I don't girls? know. What if it was like breast cancer awareness? She couldn't wear pink? It's, it's, I hate people it's, like this. Oh, he also decided who she could and couldn't see. Even during the workouts, like whenever they would work out together, mm-hmm. he would get so jealous because, you know, CrossFit, this whole big thing, it's a big thing about Olympic lifts. Timing fun. the times, too. Like you time yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you try yeah. to get done at a certain time Unders. or you have to like count your reps and do the certain amount of rounds, whatever. So she would beat him and like do better than him in like a certain workout. And he would get mad and he'd accuse her of cheating or not counting her reps. <laughs> Which is like, he would like body shame her. He would fat shame her. And he was, he would just tell her she needs to lose, ba- lose weight, get back in shape, like all this stuff. He, 
And but it's prescribed different, so his weights are more. Anyways, right. it's like he can't even take into account that he is no doing no more no Mm-mm. stupid. It's very stupid. So another friend of theirs said during these these this hearing said that he treated the kids like they were his possessions, and he was like pretty rough with them. And one time he knocked Aaliyah into a door frame while play fighting. But mm. but so much that her head split open. Damn. All these people, their heads keep splitting open. So now she's got CTE. And she has CTE now, and she feared her father, but she would often stand up to him. Like, she's the oldest. She's okay. the six-year-old. Mm-hmm. You know, she's the oldest. So anytime, like, during, like, if Rowan and Hannah ever got in a fight, he would storm out, leave, and she, Aaliyah, would slam the door and say, don't come back. Like, so... It was noted uh, yeah. that she would do this, and she did not. And he also, out of all the kids, disliked her because she's the one that was strong and would stand up to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then one of the... A chilling indicator of things to come. Mama Sue said that her daughter asked her if she needed a will. So apparently things were escalating so much that Mama you, asked Han, Hannah asked asked her mom if she needed to have a will. If Sue needed Mama no, Sue, no, if she if herself if, needed okay. a will, like she's like, "Hey, mom, do I need a will?" And mom was like, "Why would you need a will?" She's like, "Well, if he kills me, he'll be in jail. What happens to the kids?" Yes, bitch, get a will. A week later, they die. They would be dead. Mm. So, around late 2019, Hannah and Rowan are separated. Okay? Okay. So, they got married 2012. They had the kids. Mm-hmm. She can't go to the beach, and she can't wear shorts, and she can't wear pink, and she, now they're separated. Yeah. So, <clears throat> she starts to realize that his behavior is what's considered coercive control, which it's, there's a difference. It's It's a... Type of domestic violence, but there's it's controlling behaviors, but you're basically wanting to have the power in the relationship, but there's no actual there doesn't have to be a physical abuse. You just want to be able to have all the control. Mm-hmm. So she ended up seeking help and from like support services and the police. Um and she ended up taking the kids to go live with her parents. So she's reaching out for... Trying to protect yeah, them. Yeah, she's trying to have protection. One of the police officers during the aftermath of their relationship said that, I guess, I, she would t- talk to the police, but there was nothing of substance that they could do. Like, she had told them that he would make her have sex every night. But that wasn't necessarily a reason a to do anything mm-hmm. against him. So she described it as an, uh, have another chore that she had to do. And, but they, she wanted to get a DVO, like a domestic violence order. Okay. But that wasn't enough to cause, like that was. Yeah, because she doesn't have any bruises. The, yeah, there's, there's no scars. Yeah. And so then, so then at this time, she's not really pursuing it because she's like, I don't really have anything, and it's not like he's beating me, so whatever. I, I guess 
I'll just deal with it. I'll just deal with it. But this is whenever Rowan ended up kidnapping the the middle child, Lanaya, Len- mm-hmm. on Boxing Day. Do you know mm-hmm. what Boxing Day is? Did she take boxing classes? No, it's what? nothing to do with boxing. It's oh. the day after Christmas. Oh, it's a thing it's a, there? Yeah. Oh, what do you do? I think you give gifts to the poor. Oh. Yeah. At least that's what I've, according to my research. So, but it's the it's title called, of it's so misleading. <laughs> it's very misleading. I was like, why are you calling it Boxing Day? So I Google Boxing Day, I was like, I thought, look it up. I was like, Okay, this is what can be. Apparently, it's the day after Christmas. So this is the day after Christmas. That day, they're somehow they're all together, and then Hannah is is all of a sudden she's like super distraught, and she's her Le- Lania is grabbed. She's he comes, he takes her, puts her in the car, speeds away. He flees to a friend's house, one hundred and thirty miles away, and then would like end up returning the kid um a couple of days later but she called the police to report the incident but since there were no orders in place there were no charges that could be made and there's body cam footage with recording and that's what we're going to play right now okay and this is of the incident where she was middle the middle child lanaya was kidnapped And he took the little, the middle one and just took off with her in my car. Well, this is my other car, but the other car's registered in my name. Okay. And we, now he's telling me he won't give her back. Where, where would he be going? Just home? Probably or? home, I'm guessing. Right. And now he's trying so to play games with me house. on the phone. No, we've been separated for a few weeks now. I'm staying at my parents. Okay. So what, what's led up to this? Just that you've seen each other and he's decided that Yeah, and he's decided that because I've said to him, you need to wait until we can get this sorted. Yeah. You're not having them stay with you because okay. you won't return them and then I'm like you go and pull a stunt like this the other two are absolutely beside themselves she's pulling her eyes out was anything like any other words exchanged like did he like how was he acting or he's just said oh, that just a just... psycho that he's taking her and that's it and then he just called me now and said you know you either bring the other two back or I keep her and I'm like they were in my care like they were in my yep. care I was doing a good thing yeah yeah of course by letting them see him Okay, do you want to see if he'll come back here? Will he come back here? Where's he saying come back to where? No, to his house. Right, where's his house? Uh, Carindale. Do you mind if I just grab your surname? Yeah, Baxter. B-A-X-T-E-R. And first name? Hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H. I've been speaking with um, Constable Kirsten Kent at the Carina yeah, okay. station, um, and we've been in talks of whether or not to get a DVO, but I... The only reason I didn't is because I was scared that it would antagonise the situation yeah. more, yeah. and I thought that by keeping them with me would prevent something like this happening. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, it's really, it's like a, you probably, as um, Constable Kent's probably said, it's a bit of a tough situation. Mm. Without any orders in place, there's mm. not a great deal we can do in relation to the custody of the children. So, 
being the biological father, he does have a right to the child, and we can't just, unfortunately, we can't just go and take the child, even though he's acted like... Even though he's taken her away from me yeah. when they were in my care. Yeah, unfortunately, because he is the biological father of the child, we can't go and just seize the child and give it back to you. So I know, stuff. I know it's frustrating. I know, it's crazy, it drives us insane too. But we can ask him. But we can at least try and get some sort of civil arrangement back together. What's his... I don't object to him actually seeing the kids. I just... What's his name? Rowan Baxter. Because he does this and he's fine for one minute and then the next minute... And he just so, so does this like. Is there something going on for, for him at the moment, or is that how he's doing? <laughs> he's got a worse. He's got a lot of stuff going on. He's going to see counsellors and things yeah. like that. Did you know? Is it stemming from anything, or is it just a separation? The fact that I that I left. Yeah. yeah. So there's been a lot of domestic violence, um, not physical, but emotional, controlling, yeah. etc. For a long time, and it just got too much. I just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. So I took the kids and we left. I've never had an issue with him having the kids, but he can't keep agreement and that's why I know obviously we're speaking um, with Kirsten that yep. it, unless there's an actual legally binding yeah. agreement there is nothing that can be done yeah. um, which is why once I got them back on Sunday I decided to keep them yeah with me. We'll see what we can do today, but I can only urge you to get onto the civil. I know, and I've tried, but because everything's shut. Yeah, it's a, due to it's Christmas. The sixth yeah. of January is they said the earliest. Did Did Kirsten put a um, police referral on for you to get them in contact with you a bit quicker? Um, or you, she, she tell you she to seek your own DB. solicitor? No, she hasn't. Okay. No, I've left a message for her over okay. the last couple of days, but I know she wasn't working. Well, we we can do that today in relation to that stuff. So hopefully that'll get on track a bit okay. quicker. It is hard because he, he's so smart. He knows what he can do, what he can't do. And there's really no proof that he's dangerous. And right there, I would have thought he wanted her to bring the other kids. And I he would have killed them then, I would think, if she would have did that. I just like, I mean, she's sitting there crying. And she, you know, she seems very genuine. Yeah, yeah. It's just like... How can you not do it? Can he took because he's daddy? I know. I know. <laughs> so in case you didn't hear all of it, basically, um, they were meeting up, and the dad takes one of the kids, takes away like when he's not supposed to have them. He's the biological father. He has a right to the child, and the officers can't do anything about it because he's just being their dad. <clears throat> he Rowan ends up calling the police while he still had. Lanaya in his possession. I don't know why she hadn't said she is hurt. He has hurt this one before. Split her head open. I am scared to what he can do to the kids. Like I feel like yeah, she was still kind of taken up for States, him. You would, and if you had to take your kid to the hospital with a split open head, you're gonna your kids are gonna get taken away from you because CPS gonna take them away. Unless you tell what really happened. No, it don't matter. If you hide the abuser. So, like, if she would have said, yes, he's doing this, this is what happened, they know that they can trust you with the kid. But if you, like, take up for him and hide him, then y'all both get the kid taken away. But what if you say it was him, it, was, it wasn't me, and then they still take him away from both of you? I don't, I guess it depends on the situation. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's bad. He, so he complains, he, he 
complain about his wife and lied to the kid about, like, you don't know why he's complaining to her anyway. Um, uh, he lied about the whole situation. He said that she, the kid, jumped in the car, and that's why they drove away. He that's what take he's telling her. police. That's what he's telling the police, yes. So he goes, and he was like, he goes on to say, Hannah was trying to recover, like, basically steal. Like, oh, she was trying to take her from me in my custody. So he's, like, flipping the whole story. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure this happens a lot, and this is probably why she wants like doesn't fight a lot because she's probably like he makes it so exhausting. I guess. Yeah. So it's probably easier to let him win. Yeah. Um, a support worker. Um. That let's see that same month. Yeah, a support worker class classified. I guess their situation as high risk because. Okay. Because of the choking during the sex. Okay. Um, and But this information was never passed on to police. Oh, she just filed it in her folder and put it in her desk? Sounds like it. It was assumed that they knew. Oh. It was assumed that they knew. So then Hannah ends up finding a note from that was on Rowan's phone. Okay. He so he was over. See, I don't. He would come over. This is very sporadic details because there's not like one full thing. It's this is all from that little hearing. Yeah. That was all the stuff that was given. So some one day he was at the parents' house visiting the kids. Somehow she sees his phone. She sees this note on his phone, and this note says, "It's a it's a huge long written out maybe just in your notes folder on your phone, mm-hmm. but this is just a little part of it." And it says, the, tri- the children will miss you, I'm sure. You can't fuck with someone's life like this and expect them to just take it. I'm not going to take it anymore, Hannah. Do you know how hard it is to go to bed every night without your children? I wish you had have just tried. You destroyed my life and I cannot move on. I hope all of this was worth it to you for you and your family. I'm finishing your game. I don't want to play anymore. This was never my intention. Mm. Okay. So what'd she do with that note? <clears throat> well, we don't know. But we do know that Rowan starts unraveling. <clears throat> I, I I feel like he's been unraveled, ben? but yeah. So he starts feeling pressure because now there's police. I'm sure she starts... is. Maybe she tells the police about it because now he's getting pressure from police, courts, um, and is becoming more paranoid. He's running out of money because they don't have the gym anymore because the gym's closed because, you know, they're separated and they're split up. Mm. And I'm sure mom had the gym in her name. And so he is um, kind of spiraling. Losing it. Yeah. yeah. He's really losing it. So this is whenever he was captured on surveillance footage cctv um at a store buying zip ties oh Hmm. Uh oh get them from swoopy's lunchbox i think so (laughs) zip ties a gas can and he also buys like candy for the kids Mm. luring Mm. so officers ended up okay so on he goes to the store. He buys all this stuff. What was this? That was from February. So they ended up getting a 
a warrant was issued for him in January. And this was because there was one time where uh, he assaulted Hannah while dropping the kids off. And what happened was he dropped the kids off. Hannah goes into the back seat to get the kids out. And she notices all these pictures of her in her underwear are on the floor of the car. Like the the back seat on the floorboard. Mm-hmm. And it's pictures of her in her underwear. And it was display, displayed for the kids to see. Well, apparently, she, so she sees them. She starts grabbing all these pictures and is like, what are you doing? And he starts, grabs her wrist, almost twists it to... She thought he was about to break her wrist. So this is why she ends up getting this warrant for him. And then he ends up spiraling even more. But he apparently, they they think that the pictures he was trying to use as a way to say, look, my wife is sending me these pictures. She obviously still wants me and wants to have sex with uh-huh. me. What? They're okay, so, so that was January. Then comes up February where they go and... This is where they get the see the surveillance footage of the uh, at the store where he's buying all of this stuff, and he also buys surface cleaner. They also find a receipt from a gas station from February eighteenth, where he had gone and filled up this gas can with liters and liters of fuel. Mm. So, not Kinder. You know what a Kinder egg is. This must have been an Australian thing. Well, he <laughs> buys candy for the kids, too. So the attorneys are like, okay, well, what was what was his plan? So they start thinking that maybe his plan was to only kill Hannah with the fuel, maybe to, like, tie her up, zip tie her up, light her car on fire, kill her, but have the kids with him and then pretend to have this, like, perfect happy family or whatever. Because why he didn't use the zip ties and he didn't give the kids the candy. I'll tell you what all happened exactly in a second. So they thought he was just going to kill. They just assumed based on the stuff that he purchased. They were trying to be like, well, did he, did he, what was his plan? Was his plan to kill everybody? Why would he buy the candy? Because I guess because he bought all those things at the same time is why they Uh thought that. They thought maybe he was going to just, they, he just wanted to kill her and take the kids. Oh. But he ended up killing everybody because maybe. I would think the candy would be like to lure them so lure you can the have them all away. together. Yeah, but then kill, kill them. Oh. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. That's just what they said. Okay. According to, you know, my research. So, February 18th, one of the last things Rowan did before the murders was call a men's helpline in attempt for maintaining his self-image. Before the murders. What? He called the men's, so he called men's, a men's helpline. Oh, and said what? He said he wanted to go on a 10-week behavioral challenge program. You know, because this would put him in better standing for his battle in family court. Uh. He does not disclose his history or his treatment of Hannah or the kids. Instead, he spends the time blaming his ex, yeah. blaming Hannah mm-hmm. for his current predic- predicament. <laughs> he tells the operator he had, quote, got to the stage where she was dictating when he could have the children, he lies uh, about the Boxing Day abduction. <laughs> Boxing Day. 
says that Lanaya wanted to come with him and that his wife put a DVO on him and things got worse and worse and worse, so much so that his life turned around in five minutes and it was just scary and he never thought that his wife was capable of doing any of this. Oh, goodness. Yeah. He called the men's health line. He's like, oh, my ex-wife is crazy and she's the one doing all this stuff. Well, the operator passes the number on, numbers on of other support services for him to call. Like, so she's like, okay, here, call this number and you'll, you can get further services for your, for your victimization, for your victimization situation. So he calls, but nobody answers because the operators were too busy and the service place called, um, it was 24 hour place. They called him back the next day at 1201, but by this time everybody was dead. Oh gosh. And we're still in February, right? Yes, because okay. it's February 19th. So, the inquest hearing. Here we go. This is the juicy bits. So, this is a hearing to investigate the circumstances of death to determine whether it resulted from any kind of a crime. So, this uh, is the, is what brought all this attention to the use of course of control by domestic abusers. Um, and this is what made them consider making coercive control a criminal offense. So there, we have a, we have witnesses. So this is basically like a little trial, little hearing. First witness was the neighbor, the guy that was washing the car. Mm-hmm. He says that he says I heard screaming and a hysterical scream. He said very quickly this car had pulled up its front right wheel basically on the driveway, and Hannah was essentially screaming out, "Call the police! Call the police! He's trying to kill me! He's put gasoline on me!" And this guy said that Rowan had his hand around her in a bear hug like situation, both arms around her and he was sitting in the front seats. He said his demeanor was controlled. He didn't appear to be really crazed or aggressive and trying to do anything. He wasn't trying to do anything like punch her or be violent. It was just a constraining hold. And it was, he said, my impression was he had more of a resigned look on his face. So this goes Mm. back to that look of just like nothing. Yeah, yeah. So then this neighbor is the one who approached the window as as Rowan sets the car on fire. He said all of a sudden it went bang. There was just a flare. It was blackness hit his face. He turned around, turned his head briefly. When he came back to look up, the whole... the whole inside of the car was exploded on fire. Why didn't she say, get my kids out, get my kids out? Well, she, because she blew up. Well, I meant like, instead well, of saying, no, call 911, no, I said, come get my kids. Well, she just wait, she does. Because and they're little, they can't, they probably can't even get themselves out. No, no, they can't. Yes. So, so, but that, her, whenever she told him to call the police, th- nothing was blown up yet. Right. So, you, we got, we'll get there. So the car's exploded. It's in flames, whatever. Um, the guy says he just grabbed the hose and tried to get her to roll on the ground so he could extinguish the flames. So I don't know if he maybe just he maybe didn't even know there's kids in the backseat. He yet. didn't. He didn't. Yeah. He didn't. So I think maybe he just pulled her out, tried to. Oh, he said at the hearing he did not know until afterwards that children were restrained in the backseat. Uh. That's what I'm saying. I wish she would have pulled up, and but that was did. the first thing oh, that she said. Well, get my kids. Get my well, kids. Well, 
but she didn't even have time because when she pulls up, she's like, call the police. He's trying to kill me. I just said, get my kids. Mm. Instead of all that. Instead of call the police? Yeah. You would just say, get my get kids? Get my kids out. Call the police, get my kids. <laughs> I don't I know. know. I know. It's, I know. it's no way, I know. but I was like, somebody needed to know. I guarantee the man would have... I don't know. Yeah. I would think that I if you, you know, say, it's a different kind of energy and, yeah, and you can scariness say, when you know there's kids the in the Call the police. There's kids My in the kids. car. Yeah. yeah. I see what you're saying. So And another, then he at least would have went to the kids first before her I if know. he knew. Yeah, he didn't know. Another neighbor came out. She said she grabbed an, a fire extinguisher and attempted to put out the fire, but that it seemed like Rowan was almost guarding the car. I guess he's standing out there just, like, on flames. Like, I don't know. He's got to have an issue. Um, she is also described his demeanor as deadpan, nothing, nothing. An off-duty paramedic was also down the street who came and got there just before firefighters arrived. She, Hannah was able to tell the paramedic that Rowan had squirted gasoline in the car and lit a... Uh, and then threw a lighter inside the car, mm. or like lit a match, or just it just that is the worst way to want. Like he wanted worst. everybody to suffer, including himself. Paramedic said, she said Hannah kept yelling and crying, saying, "My babies are in the car. Why didn't I just stay in the car with them? I can't believe he's done this. How could he do this?" Yeah, she had sustained burns on 97% of her body. The oh only part of her body that was not burned was the, the bottom mouth. of her feet. Ugh. She had holes in her clothes and her skin was melting Melted. through over the holes. Mm. I'm what is that even like if are you just melt like how do you even mm. what does it even look like? Like you're picturing it, <laughs> I would think. She stands Ugh. there and she's able to like full on conversation. So then it makes me think of Chambers, remember? Because she couldn't talk. So I wonder. Oh, I think Chambers had gasoline poured down her throat, though. Oh, and that might have been the difference. Because I was like, why is she able to talk so well? I know because and I'm going to tell you had all 98%. the details. She was able to provide so many details she could even spell the names of her kids and give them their dates of birth. She told the officers that she was taking I mean this is a, she told the officers she was taking the kids to school and then when um Rowan got in the car he had it's called a jerry can, gas can. Mm-hmm. Rowan said he wanted to see the children and so he got into the car. She told him to get out of the car, but he told her to drive with this gas can in his hand. Hannah told the officers that there was a protection order against Rowan and that he had tried to break her wrist two weeks earlier. I mean, and this is, she's telling him all this stuff. Uh, and I tried to tell the popos that they didn't do anything. Uh-huh, and a firefighter, one of the firefighters who was at the scene um, said that he knew from experience that Anyone in that car had no chance of survival. Mm. That they could escape from the car, but they had no chance. And this is whenever firefighters are there, Rowan gets out. His body had sustained 80% of burns, but he grabbed the knife and he was able to kill himself right away. He like leaned over, stabbed himself, 
and they, I think they ended up doing, um, you know, CPR on him for a second. You have to because you have to, and he ended up dying. He died at the scene. She died a little later. bit later at the hospital. The kids, they were just charred. Mm. Horrible, horrible. Um, but it's amazing to me that she was able to talk so much to them and give them so much detail. Like, this is what happened. This is how it happened. These are my kids' names. This is his name. This is how old they are. Mm. When you're literally melting. I tried to tell y'all. Yeah. So, towards the end of this inquest hearing thing, uh, officials say that Rowan had showed 29 of 39 lethality factors. Oh. so they make a checklist after this was over? I think so. So, these are the factors that are associated with increased risk of lethal violence in domestic partnerships. And this is a long list, but I'm going to tell you all yes, 39 of them. Yes, do. History of violence outside. Do you want to read them? No. Oh. Okay. It's well, I don't know if we want to be like a crime junkie. Do, do you want me to email turns? you? Do you want me to e- <laughs> Let me email you the list and we can read them. I'll read the first one. History of violence outside of the family by perpetrator. So like when he hurt the mama. Oh, yeah. I have oh, examples. Oh, it says outside of, of the family. Okay, history of domestic violence. Prior threats to kill victim. Mm-hmm. Prior threats with a weapon. Prior assault with a weapon. What was that? What was the weapon? Prior. Is this the list well, or is this his list? This is the list. Oh, okay. This is the 39. He had 29 of the 39. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So what I say, prior assault with a weapon. Prior threats to commit suicide by perpetrator. Prior suicide attempts by perpetrator. Prior attempts to isolate the victim. Controlled most or all of victims' daily activities. Prior hostage taking and or forcible confinement. Prior forced sexual acts and or assaults during sex. Child custody or access disputes. Prior destruction or deprivation of victims' property. Prior violence against family pets. Oh, hell. Prior assault on victim while pregnant. Choked, strangled victim in the past. Perpetrator was abused and or witnessed domestic violence as a child. Zip ties in the lunchbox. (laughs) (laughs) Escalation of violence. Ex- obsessive, I thought it said ob- excessive banter. <laughs> <laughs> obsessive behavior displayed by perpetrator. Perpetrator unemployed. Oh, hell. Victim and perpetrator living common law. What? Oh, no. Presence of. Wait, s- are we talking about dirty chat? What are we talking about? Okay. <laughs> Presence of stepchildren in the home. Extreme minimization and or denial of spousal assault history. Actual or pending separation. Excessive alcohol or drug use by perpetrator. Depression in the opinion of family, friends, acquaintance, or of perpetrator. Not or, of perpetrator. Depression professionally diagnosed of perpetrator. 
other mental health or psychiatric problems of perpetrator. Access to or possession of any firearm. New partner in victim's life. Failure to comply with authority via perpetrator. Perpetrator exposed to witness suicidal behavior in family of origin. Mm. That I know has happened mm. with dirty, dirty. After, ri- after risk assessment, perpetrator had access to victim. Youth of couple. couple. Like the like if they're young or one of them's young. Like the youth, like the one age. One of them is. Which is like the youth of the, I guess maybe like the age of the couple, maybe if they're young. Um, sexual jealousy via perpetrator. Misogynistic attitudes via perpetrator. Age disparity of couple. Mm. Victims, intuitive sense of fear or of perpetrator. Perpetrator threatened and or harmed children. Oh, yeah, he had a lot. Rowan displayed 74% of these lethality factors since this incident in Australia has been the mission to combat domestic violence through this entire country. The mayor went on to say the system had failed to protect Hannah and the children. They have let them down, and they are so, so sorry for this evil that took their lives. Hannah's brother went on to say that the system was not designed for people like Rowan, people who don't care about the rules, who feed off control and fear, and who have no regard for restrictions on a piece of paper or the consequences of disregarding them. So um, she went on, and Marie Claire went on to make Hannah one of Australian's Women of the Year for her bravery and for just bringing attention to lesser-known forms of domestic violence, like coercive control, domestic... Marie Claire, like the magazine? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's my best friend. (laughs) Um, Domestic abuse is not always violent, as we know, and... um, just because it's not physical abuse doesn't mean that you're not being abused. And then one last thing of, of one last list. This um, is according to Healthline, and these are f- nine signs of coercive control. Isolating uh, isolation, it's basically isolating you from your support system, monitoring your activity, denying you freedom and autonomy, mm-hmm. gaslighting, name calling and insults, limiting your access to money. Mm-hmm. Reinforcing traditional gender roles, turning your kids against you, controlling aspects to your health and body, making jealous accusations, regulating your sexual relationship, threatening your children or pets. Uh, that was more like 12. But the if it, yeah, just. So it kind of reminds me of Christian Longo. Remember Christian mm-hmm, Mike mm-hmm. was, um, had a needed to be somebody in the community he needed to be successful and like he flaunted his family because he wanted to look rich and buy all these things yeah and then when his family didn't serve that purpose for him anymore then they do away with him so he messed up the relationship so then they broke up so then he lost the gym so then there's part of this control and that was that was his image yeah um, and then the fact that she left him, so that pisses them off because they really do lose control. And then they want to punish them. And that's mm-hmm. the ultimate form of mm-hmm. punishment. Char- uh, changes have been recommended to how police respond to domestic violence scenarios and um, their need to have more, I guess, 
scrutiny and give provide more education to perpetrators and people in these domestic and family violence situations. So um, they go on to say that nothing could have been done to save Hannah and her family on that day because he was intentional on committing these murders. Um, and it was just a matter of time. But the question that they, the parents, they said like two years after this horrific incident, their one question is why. And the only response that they have gotten was the simple answer was that because Rowan Baxter was evil. He was. I'd like to know, which it don't matter now, but like, did somebody commit suicide in you know in front of him? Right. Like, yeah. what was his which, growing which up the, dynamic? Yeah, was um, kind of contributed to this. Yeah, because he seemed like there's a lot of other. Um, there was a lot of other examples that they gave, like past stuff that he had done. That it was just he had a lot of stuff that he did in the past. So it's not like this. It's not like it was new that he acted this way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. he had treated it like f- previous relationships and stuff like that. So what's really cool is that... I wonder if the wife... Family, ex, remember I, he had I ex-wife. know. Like, I don't, he, did she I warn I don't him? know if they moved... If he moved... Because if you move... Isolated him. Mm-hmm. If Because I don't know where... New Zealand? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if maybe he lived with... The ex-wife and the kid in one area and then he moved and found Hannah and then they don't really know and they don't discuss anything. You're not going to call the, I mean, I didn't. Some people, you probably should. You should always call the ex-wife and ask why they got divorced just to get that side. That's what the psychologist told me, (laughs) but I never did. And look what happened. Uh-huh. Well, I'm still alive, but an ex-wife, you should be warning. Like if you know you're married to a dangerous person, the new person's not going to believe you. Yeah. The new person's not going to believe you. But you know what? I think you need to try. You just need yeah. to try. E- even if you're like, listen, I know I'm the ex. I just need to warn you about this because I deal with it. You just got to say it. I don't know. Yeah. I gave a warning out to somebody who started to go with Dirty Chad, and they experienced it, and they listened, and I showed them receipts. So <laughs> they don't take much when you got lots of receipts. Have data. <laughs> so small steps for Hannah was the um, domestic, the, I guess, it's not a charity. It's just a, what do you call it? Nonprofit? Organization. It's an organization that they came up with to remember them and honor them. And it's called HALT. Together we can halt domestic violence and family violence. And it's it's their initials. <gasps> H-A-L-T. Hannah, Aaliyah, Lanaya, and Trey. Wow. In their quest to honor the four <laughs> uh, and to ensure that no family will ever have to endure the pain again, the Clark family has started a movement for change. Small steps for Hannah to put a halt to the incidences of severity of domestic violence and family violence in Australia. Through small steps for Hannah, it is the hope of the Clark family to harness the collective desire of all of us to make positive changes resulting to halt domestic and family violence, take steps to do it. And apparently the the logo is little feet uh, because her feet didn't get burned Mm. on the bottom of her feet. This is sad. I know, but I feel like it was really important 
because you just, you know, you just, it, these are the ones that sneak up. Yeah. These are the kind that sneak up that you, I mean, that's so violent though. I mean, this is like the cutest little family. Oh my gosh, look at the cutest little family. Oh, can you imagine like your whole, like that's your, your three little grandkids and you're, in, and you're like Mama Sue. Mama she just Sue, lost. They, oh, everybody. I don't know how that Mama Sue and her mom and dad are so alive. That's horrible. That is horrible. It's yeah, horrible. I remember um, when because I always think about the little kids, and then you you dwell on that, and oh, did they suffer? Were they hurting? So I remember when I was young when Susan Smith drowned her kids. Mm -hmm. I was probably like in fifth grade or something when that happened. Maybe sixth grade. And I remember thinking, my, I had a brother the same age, and I remember thinking, Mama, like, those babies, they just, they drowned and they suffered. And so my mom told me this. She says, I really do think Jesus takes them so that they don't suffer. Like, Jesus was with them, so you don't have to worry about that. And so it does make me feel better. It's still sad. But it makes me feel better that they just... You can't think about them just sitting there burning and being charred. You can't. Because either way, you, you don't... And neighbors would have said, we heard screaming. Yes. Exactly. They didn't say that. Yeah. I think you go into, like, you have to go into such shock. You don't even know... You can't even know what happened. I don't think. I think something like that happened so fast... Oh, burning? No. That's like a slow, torturous, horrible Not death. Not if it's like, no, I think if it's almost like a plane crash. There's if, no oh, like they I just feel blown like it up. Just, yeah, I think oh, it maybe. just happens. It's not like you are, it's not Slowly like a slow. Slowly lit fire. Okay. Maybe. I, I don't know. Yeah. I'll show you a picture of the car, but that's all we have for now. Woo, that was a good story. And that's a hard one to tell because it's. Well, it's hard because there's no like, it's not a it's, story. It's based it's like on facts. it's based on a, a details that came out of a hearing. Yeah, there's nobody telling and like the story. a little bit of a little a few things leading up to it. So mm -hmm. it wasn't like a, I don't know. I I I think that the reason it it popped up somewhere and I saw it and I was like, let's go to Australia. So here we here we are, and there we went. I don't know that we could be there. Wow, wow, wow! Good yep. story. Okay, and we haven't done a family annihilator in a while. I don't feel like. No, we haven't. And then this was one that you could like lead up to this. A lot of the other ones, they were like, like Chris Watts. You really could not have predicted that. Yeah. Christian Longo, you probably well, could have and like a, that. also a parent, this could have been yeah. not maybe not the way he done it, but he was capable. Yeah, apparently he'd like cheated on her multiple. I mean, he was oh, he was a terrible, terrible person. Because I was thinking Chris Watts cheated and he was cheating, whatever. But LDE, LDE, mm -hmm. did he have LDE? Little Dick <laughs> Energy. <laughs> I knew I could figure it out. That's all the security, insecurity leads back to that. Yeah. Oh, that car. You you can't even tell what kind of car that is. No. It's just a shell. It's a shell car. All right. Good stuff. Sad stuff. Sad stuff. And, like, there's nobody to be. 
Not like there's a court date. I mean, it just ends. Yeah, it just it's like it just ends. I do love that they are being proactive and they use that as yeah. like a lesson and let's prevent this from happening and yeah. let's remember them while we're doing it. And so that is the good part of this. But like this car literally exploded. I mean, yeah. so hopefully they just died on impact or whatever. That's my point of that. Blah. Good stuff. All right, y'all. Thank you for tuning in. Do not forget to go on and rate, review, and subscribe. We've been getting some more ratings, so we're going to be reading those soon. Tell us how much you loved our Swingers episode. Mm. I'm sure you loved it. I'm sure you just loved it. Swingers interview. Did we ask all the good questions? Also, we're going to be, um, if you're local, even if you're not local, there's a page that has been hot here. It's called McLennan County Mugshots page. And Do you know that people think we run it? <laughs> really? Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it is true crime, but there's pages like this elsewhere. Like I think Austin has one, and I've seen like a Colorado one. But... This page has... Maybe we do run it. It is so popular. But nobody knows who the moderators are, the people who runs the page. They're very... Could it be us? Anonymous. Wow. Um, mm. But so anonymous because they've been getting death threats. Mm. And... Because apparently, and I didn't understand why, but I was like, mugshots are on the news. But I guess not, that's not every mug used to. No, you could, I, I'm telling you, this is my thought uh, in my head. <laughs> I was like, why are they getting who? What? Why do people care about their mugshot? They're on the news, but I guess they're like digging it out. Like they're going and like getting, and they're like, hey, let me get every mugshot from today and put it, blast it out. And there's so a, it's easier to find. You don't have to dig for it. Well, there's a website that's called McLennan County Mugshots that at any before this page you could go on and you could search to see who who's in jail, who's gotten arrested every day. I have a friend that did it before she started working, started her day. She would check the page to see who got arrested. Yeah, very was- much public information. These people are just posting it to Facebook now. So I didn't know, as nosy as I am, I knew you could see arrest records. I didn't know you could see mugshot for every day so that's kind of what <laughs> i check every morning pleasure every day when you're on the toilet the day. you go and you check yes yeah constantly so mugshot. everybody that's arrested throughout the day in mcclennan county their mugshot is being put on and what they did i am the person who people's cares lives are getting ruined people's lives get ruined because used to you could get wouldn't you be ruined for going to jail how would anybody know? I Used know. to, you could get arrested and nobody knows. Nobody knows? Besides the people who arrest you and the people you call to get out. Oh. Like your work didn't know about it? You don't have to tell your... You don't ha- I mean, not every job do you have to tell. Depends oh. on what you do. And then you don't have to tell them that day. Oh, I didn't know. I literally didn't know any... I just thought, like... So now... People are getting arrested, and everybody is oh, seeing it. Thousands and thousands and thousands are seeing it. And then there's comments on there, and there's well, horrible they, comments don't get on arrested. there. I mean, I mean, obviously, but it's like <laughs> I don't know. It it had me so scared. So, anyways, why? Because we run it. 
No, it just it, it's I had a dream that I got arrested for controlled substance. And I was like, what what do I have that could be a controlled substance? It got you scared to not want to do anything to get on that page. Yes. Not that people thought you might run the page and they're going to send you death threats. No, no. I don't run the page. Okay. Y'all would never know who got arrested, leaving it up to me because I wouldn't follow up on that. But um, maybe I run the page. I'm people have reached things. out to them f- and asked so many questions. Yeah. So they've reached out to us and they are going to answer all your questions. I said all that to say, send oh. us some questions because we're interviewing the McLennan County mugshots. The anonymous people, the anonymous we people are getting an exclusive interview with the people who run this page. Except for you're not going to hear them or see them because it's still anonymous and they're pretty scared. Like it's they're getting death I threats. Think we They've could had do to a voice changer. Block about five hundred people. So send us your questions. We will get those all out and then we'll put that in just as a separate episode that'll come out like on a random day. If you even care. If you don't care, then don't worry about it and that's it. But if you have you should, questions I think for you them, should send it to us. Yeah. Because we could probably answer them. <laughs> hey, I'm not I do not run that page. Don't be jumping <laughs> jumping me when I'm at H E B. Please jump me. I'd love to see you try. I'm very tall. <laughs> okay, y'all. This is it. Uh, Don't forget to stay aware. Stay alive. And always be D T This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.